0: You're listening to The Study Hub with me, Evelyn O'Rourke, tonight, Episode 5 The French Oral Exam. Good evening or bonsoir, should I say, or bienvenue to the Study Hub this evening. Can you guess what subject we're doing this evening, I wonder? But before we get to that, the bigger question, where are we now in terms of clarity around the Leaving Search? Well, just like you, we've been glued to all the updates from government and we heard the Thonisde stating last night that while Level 5 restrictions are being extended until March 5th, he said that we want to reopen schools on a phased basis, adding, we want to start the special schools and children of additional needs and then perhaps primary schools, and exam years. So for now, we plough on as you do too and we all await further clarity. But in the meantime, we will stay on air here to help you on the Study Hub. This evening, we discussed the lure of the hot chicken fillet roll and how to avoid consuming too much sugar at lunchtime in case it gives you the afternoon slump, particularly, as a colleague of mine pointed out, when your bed is probably right beside you and far too tempting for a nap. So all this and more great tips with dietitian Keelan Murphy. And you know the way they say there are two certainties in life, death and taxes. Well, there seems to be a third for students, the CAO deadline, and Aoife Walsh will be guiding us through that. And then Nick Griesk from Fast will give us some top tips to ta- tackle the French oral exams because sometimes the French you learn in school isn't the most useful, as Eddie Izzard explains.
1: At school, the first page I ever learnt in French was full of things which are difficult to get into a conversation. Things like the mouse is underneath the table, la souris est en dessous de la table. <laughs> Just slip that in when you're buying a ticket to Paris. <laughs>
0: is are there. Well now in a world of uncertainty some things do stay, stay the same and this is true of the CAO application deadline February the 1st. By quarter past five next Monday you'll want to have your college choices made as the system will upload them and save them and those choices can sort of guide you through the next few months. But to talk us through the best way to approach filling out the dreaded CAO form I'm joined on the line now by Aoife Walsh, Guidance counsellor at Malahide, Malahide Community Malahide. School in Dublin. Aoife it's fair to say that the CAO application system is a bit like hard granite, doesn't matter what's going on in the world, it remains unchanged.
1: Well, thank God for that as well. When everything is changing around us today, and there's so much uncertainty for our six years, and um, it is actually probably quite reassuring that the CAO is going ahead as normal, and there's no extensions or changes to deadlines or need to change how you're approaching it or how you're filling it out, it is the same as it has been.
0: And everything to do with the CAO is to do with that timeline. You might talk us through the dates. Just go through them and give people a sense of what they should be preparing for and the the dates they should be highlighting.
1: Sure. So we're coming in now as the 26th of January. So we're heading very, very close to that very important deadline of the 1st of February. And the 1st of February is the normal closing date for CAO applications. So if you are making an application to the CAO to any third level university or IT You really need to have started your CAO application by the 1st of February. Now, there are late deadlines and extensions, but that is the date that you need to have in your mind. There's really no need to be worrying about late CAOs at this stage. Just get it in by the 1st of February. It's very straightforward.
0: And the big thing, of course, I mean, I remember this from my own time, is just get it in. You can always change your mind. You can update. You're not pinning yourself to anything in particular. It's to get your name into the system.
1: Absolutely. So what we're being asked to do by the 1st of February is to open your account pay your money the fee is 45 euro at the moment for a normal application that will mean you get your CAO number and you get your login into your CAO account and start working on that form you'll enter in your personal details there's a section there if you want to apply for a grant to let them know there's a section if you Um, maybe have a disability to let them know. So you'll start working on that over the next week or so. And there's two sections for putting your courses in. You can actually put it in on the 1st of February with no courses listed if you want. But it's obviously a better idea to try and get it as correct as possible right now. Put in the courses that you think you want to apply for, put them in an order of preference that's really really important and then if you change your mind over the next couple of months if you find a new course or you think actually i'm no longer interested in that course the change of mind period takes place from the 5th of may until the 1st of july and you can make changes to your order you can take things on you can put sorry take things off put things on do whatever you like The only exception to that rule is the restricted entry courses. And they're courses where you have to do something extra other than your leaving cert to get in. So it might be art where you have to do a portfolio or drama where you have to do an audition. But for the vast majority of courses, you can still pop them on during the change of mind period if you want to.
0: Now, of course, it really does help to make it a real and concrete thing for students, I think, once they see those courses go in. And that's no bad thing, I suppose, at the moment when everything else seems so kind of in the distance and kind of hard to pin down.
1: Yeah, I think it's really important, that process of trying to um, put them down in order of preference. Doing that a number of times is really, really helpful. And it's only when you actually sit down to do it and to tease it out that you're thinking, well, with this fifth and sixth choice, why would I put that one ahead of, of the other one? And really having those kind of re- moments of reflection um, and doing a little bit of research and doing that maybe once or twice or three times, you'll just refine the whole process. And you'll be much more comfortable with what you've put down at the end of
0: Now, as we know, last year was unprecedented. You know, points were kind of all over the place in many ways. Lots of courses went up, for example. Should people just stick with what happened last year and use that as a guide? Or what's your advice for students who are, you know, trying to look at this full range of courses? I mean, I presume you're going to say, look, don't restrict yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really important to look at the content of the courses at this stage, especially if you're really unsure about what you wanna do. A lot of students might have one or two courses now that they're very sure of, but a lot of uncertainty. What you need to do is look at the content of the course and start thinking, would I enjoy this? And would I love it? And if it's your dream course and you're thinking, look, I don't think I'm going to get these points, but I would love to do this course, then you could maybe speak to your guidance counselor or do a bit a, lit, a little bit of research about how can I get in through a PLC? What is an alternative entry route or what is a course that's really similar that has lower points? But if you're just looking at points now, you're not going to be open to the content and you're going to start ruling things out before you really, really look at them. So it's a really good idea just to ignore the points. The points will be the same for everybody in 2021 and just look at the content of the courses.
0: Now- so Eva, you might be ignoring some of that, but I can hear some demands on your time in the background there. I think there's a junior spice there who might want your attention. So we're going to leave you with that you for right now. Thank you so much for your time this evening. But we'll be back to you again because all of that kind of information it's so essential for students to get that form in. And as Eva says so reassuringly, get it in. You can change your mind in the months to come. You know, there's no kind of big commitment at this point. But do get that form in. It helps to clarify things a little bit. Well, we let Eva off on her childcare issues there while we move.
1: From Lamousse, Ananas, Jacques Cousteau, Baguette, Bonjour, 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 Monsieur, Bonjour, mon petit perro de chien, Ça va Ça va Ça va, Ça va. Voilà la <laughs> conversation dans le parc. Où est le livre À la bibliothèque. Et la musique danse À la discothèque. Et les discothèques C'est bébé, un,
0: deux, <laughs> un, deux. deux. The flight of the concords there with some helpful vocabulary as we turn our attention to the French oral exam. And under normal circumstances, the exam takes place around Easter. So we're going to plough on with our plans towards that. And I'm joined now by Nick Grease, a French teacher with FAOFA, uh, or face to face in English to help us out. Nick, the oral exam, it makes up 25% of your French grade. But what does it consist of exactly? What's in it?
2: So basically um the uh, the French oral exam is uh, is is an interview okay it's about 10 15 minutes and then um the students need to expect uh, two formats basically huh? so the examiner uh is going to either you know uh, ask them a question about what they call like topic oriented questions so that would be the format number 1 so expect question about you know your daily life family hobbies Uh, about your area, house, school, even question about the future. So that would be uh, your living search, college, future job, uh, and and so on. And then you have another format, uh, which would be, uh, beside, again, the same type of uh, topic-oriented question I just mentioned, uh, the student can also invite the examiner to uh, ask them Question about the topic of their choice, and they usually call this the document. So, um, well, so uh, I have a, uh, uh, actually um, uh, made available on your uh, website um, uh, like a summary of uh, of these uh, uh, two formats. And um, now the good news, uh, Evelyn, is that um, most of the questions that the uh, examiner uh, is going to ask are actually frequently asked questions, and this is. This is probably the most important thing. I'm going to repeat this again. Okay. You have frequently asked questions, okay? And usually people or students, you know, uh, you know when, when, you, when you do an exam, they, they look at the past paper. I oh, have yeah, written expression, that's the past paper. Or reading comprehension, that's the past paper. And they say, okay, or it's going to be a chat. Hold on a second. They are also past paper, okay? Those are the frequently asked questions. And again, uh, if they're interested, they can download uh, uh, samples of those the frequently asked questions on your website. Um, so, so what happens is that uh, once they are uh, aware of those and they have those uh, in hand, they can start to think about the homework, okay? Mm-hmm. So you, your job as a student, uh, Evelyn, is to prepare simple answers, okay, for those very commonly asked questions. And I would even work with the teacher. So what I would do is I would uh, prepare, let's say, you know, 20 questions at a time, not more. And I go see your teacher. And say, hey, Mr. Teacher, okay. And um, so uh, I, I prepared a couple of answers for the frequently asked questions. Uh, can you can you correct them for me, please? Or also, ideally, can you ask your teacher to check the pronunciation on your on your answers? You no, know, okay. correct them French wise and, and 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 get the pronunciation checked because those are two elements that matter for the marking scheme you know the objective of the examiner is to figure out okay can you produce correct and well-pronounced answer in, in a way you know
0: but nick isn't there a problem at the moment because the students as we know are out of class with just confidence in learning you know practicing speaking your french what's your advice around that because you know we need to build up a bit of confidence here to actually deliver these answers don't we
2: you're right okay you're right and um uh, that, that's why I'm usually saying to the students, um, uh, when the uh, teacher uh, offers you an option, you know whether this is online or not, when when the restrictions are listed, but if you if he offers you the option to do an or. Go for it, you know a lot of the time they don 't do it because they are scared. no go there go 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 uh, 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 and do um, a normal examination with your teacher. do a mock with uh, with examiners or those French people that they tend to bring in school because the more you practice the, the, the more you' will be able to use those uh, those, uh, those answers that you' prepared because that was actually my second point I wanted to mention is that. It's about, after that, learning your prepared answers, okay? You, you want to, if, if you if you, if you you want to be good at an exam, you have to do what you're going to do on the day of the exam. We know the exam, we're not going to ask you frequently asked questions. Prepare answers for those. So, again, you have to see your teacher. And I would, let's say, prepare five or ten answers. Ask my teacher, okay, I've prepared a few. Can you ask me those questions? Listen to my answers. And they say, okay, yeah, go on. And uh, you might then uh, uh, give your answers. He might say, okay. Uh, that uh, you can improve a bit your fluency or you can, you can slow mm. down because it's learned very well. Your job is to try to figure out what is a H1 level. You now understand? tell me
0: mm. about Nick because we know about the mm. H1 level but what yeah. about people who are saying I'm worried that I'm not going to understand a question. What is your advice around that if somebody, if you're asked a question you just actually don't understand the keywords in the middle of it. Are you allowed to say I don't understand? Do you get sanctioned for that? How does that bit work?
2: Absolutely. Uh, what I usually say to the student is that learn in advance uh, a question that re- relates to uh, Mr. Examiner. Could you rephrase the question, okay? Or you can start that way. So, just
0: a question yes. that says, "Please, do you mind explaining that?" Or you know, so have that ready uh, exa- to go.
2: Exactly. The first thing, the first thing, if you misunderstand, if you if you have not heard it, ask him to repeat it. If you still don't understand the keyword, then ask him. Could you give me details on that? Because I'm going to change the word. You know, you're going to change the word, and then you might understand it, and then you can actually answer. And tell if me about.
0: In terms of just topics, I know you're saying about the frequently asked questions, but obviously COVID is new in all our lives. Do you think yeah. it's a useful thing for students to prepare some answers around the topic of COVID for this year's oral exams?
2: Absolutely, and I would focus on questions such as: What has changed in your uh, family life since the pandemic? What has changed in your school since the pandemic? What has changed in your area? You know, so prepare for more simple question: Are you scared of the COVID? You know, um, you know, uh, what do you think about the the online classes? You know, what do you think about the, the predictive rating? Uh, different question that could relate to, to, to COVID. But remember, remember, uh, the, the, the examiner is going to be very progressive. It's not going to start with hard questions, you know. So we don't want to scare the things at the beginning. Uh, I would say focus on, on the topic they have mentioned in the, uh, uh, the state examiner's website. Daily life, my area, and the future. Things that relate to that first before going to do what is too complicated, you know. okay. So progressive, progressive.
0: Nick, can I uh, stop you there and ask you, is it la COVID or le COVID? Can you help us on that one? Is it la pandemic or le pandemic?
2: Alors, c'est la pandémie, and there's no C, uh, Evelyn. So, it's la pandémie for the pandemic. And, um, and it's uh, le COVID because it's a virus, which is un virus and it's masculine. Right.
0: Excellent. Well then, Nick, thank you so much. Nick Grease there. Nick, you're going to be back with us later in the show just to run through any questions that students at home might have about the French oral exam and they're welcome to text us in now at 51551. So don't go too far away from us there, Nick. No problem. Keep them. <laughs> Merci. Now we'll talk to you later. Meanwhile, while we haven't tackled history as a subject for the Leaving Cert yet on the show, don't worry, we are planning to get to it soon. But in the meantime, there are so many fantastic resources on Orti websites all over the place to help you. And just a reminder that this is your last last week to catch 1916 on the RT player narrated by Liam Neeson the landmark three part documentary series examines the easter rising in dublin and the subsequent events that led to the establishment of an independent irish state
1: in many ways the purpose of the rising was not to win it was to lose pierce
2: Imagined executions as a great rebel weapon. Yes, they'll kill us, but our
0: fame will live on. The Rising is quickly followed by the Russian Revolution
1: of 1917. Lenin noticed the modernity and the theater of it. Americans can understand struggling and fighting for independence. The New York Times devoted 14 days to the Easter Rising on its front page. After six days of fighting against 20,000 British troops, the rebels are forced to surrender. Yet their actions will change the course of Irish history, and their vision, enshrined in the proclamation, will in time inspire freedom movements around the world.
0: Any excuse to play Liam Neeson's voice really is a good one in my view. So that's from the documentary 1916 on the RT player. We encourage you to go and check it out this week. Now, we all know that during study time when it comes to food, we should be organised and disciplined. But when you're staring at screens and books for hours on end, it's hard not to graze on well-deserved treats. And I'm joined on the line now by one dietitian who believes that not only does healthy eating not have to be boring, but it should be regarded as a crucial part of your armour as you tackle the exam's dietitian, Kaylin or Keelan Murphy's on the line now. Keelan, I know you'll be sharing some great tips with students tomorrow at the Health Fest event organised by the National Dairy Council. Lots of second level students tuning into that. So students are very much in your mind and we're thinking about them sitting at their desk, grazing on crisps and sugary treats and drinks, understandably, because we can all be guilty of that when we're working hard. It's a reward, we think, for all the hard work. What is your view?
3: Yeah, that can be a really easy habit to fall into. And for people that do find themselves grazing all day, A good recommendation can be to structure your day into three healthy meals and two to three between meal healthy snacks. And Eating a balanced, healthy diet can really help to ensure that your study is the best quality it can be because it provides your body with all the nutrients that it needs to keep it performing at its best.
0: Now, one of the things that you're really keen to point out about is the importance of calcium in particular for teenagers, because the point should be made that even at 18, students are still growing and bone health is something you're concerned with. And food, obviously, is such a key part of all this.
3: Absolutely. So between the ages of 9 and 18, our bones are rapidly growing. And that means that we need more calcium in our diet in order to build the strongest bones that we can. So it's recommended that between the ages of 9 and 18, we have five portions from the dairy group per day. So the dairy group is milk, yogurt and cheese. And these are among the best sources of calcium in the diet. So while at other stages of life, we only need three portions of the dairy foods, Between the ages of 9 and 18, we need 5. So by making sure we get enough calcium, by eating a balanced, healthy diet with lots of variety from each of the different food groups, and by taking plenty of physical activity, we can make sure that we build the strongest bones we can. And because they're the bones that we have for the rest of our life, that can reduce our risk of having brittle bones or fractures later in life. So it's so important.
0: Indeed. And look, I know people listening to this are going to go and parents have been fretting with this since the dawn of time about teenagers not getting enough of that good stuff, the fruit, the vegetables. So what can you do in the kitchen to help balance out this gap?
3: Yeah, so when you sit down to have a meal and you're aiming to have a healthy, balanced meal, a good rule of thumb is when you're looking at your plate, about half of your plate should be fruit and vegetables. And the more colour and variety, the better. About a quarter of your plate should be starchy, carbohydrate-rich foods. So these are things like bread, pasta, rice, potatoes, and going for the whole grain or brown versions of these foods is better because they provide more fiber, which can help to keep you feeling fuller for longer. And that can offset some of the temptation to graze later in the day. And then the final quarter of the plate should be protein rich foods. So these are foods like peas, beans, lentils, meat, chicken, fish, eggs and dairy foods. And that's a balanced meal.
0: And actually using that phrase balanced meal, I know you're interested in talking about vegan diets because, of course, they have become more popular, especially in January. There seems to be maybe a growing interest in it. But what advice can you share with students who might be following a vegan diet?
3: Yeah, so um, plant-based diets in particular have become very popular. And I think it's important to point out that a plant-based diet has a wide spectrum. So it could vary from a diet that has lots of plants, but also has Animal-based foods like dairy products and meat and fish, which is in line with the healthy eating guidelines, through to a vegetarian diet where people would still maybe eat dairy products or eggs and but would limit the or would avoid the other uh, animal-based foods, or right down to a vegan diet, which is a plant-only diet. Um, And the recommendations for sustainability are that we should eat a plant-based diet, um, but that means Anything in that spectrum. So it doesn't have to be a vegan diet in order to be sustainable. It can be a healthy eating diet, which has lots of plants, but other animal foods. Now, a vegan diet, while it can be sustainable and you can achieve all the nutrients that you need, it's a bit more tricky. And because if you cut out uh, whole food groups like the um, uh, meat group or the dairy group, you're cutting out important nutrients. So you just need to be very careful to fill those gaps. So there's about seven nutrients that can be at risk by going on a vegan diet, particularly if you're used to having animal foods in your diet. So I would recommend um, speaking to a, a doctor or a dietitian about that to make sure you're not missing out on important nutrients if you switch to, suddenly to a vegan diet.
0: And going to the other side then, you're not saying no to all sweet treats, but can I ask you about those energy drinks and caffeine? I mean, some people swear by them when they're studying, don't they?
3: Yeah, so energy drinks can be high in sugar and in caffeine. And sugar we know is bad for teeth and it can increase our risk of weight gain. So we really want to limit the amount of sugar in our diet. In addition, the caffeine component, we know that when we consume caffeine, that can last in our body for 10 to 12 hours, and that disrupts our sleep. And particularly for students, we know that while you're asleep, you are actually improving and strengthening the memories from the learning the previous day. So we certainly don't want to disrupt sleep because that could mean getting far less bang for your buck in terms of your studying. So it's really recommended that energy drinks should be avoided below the age of 16. And even above that age, I would only include them very occasionally as a treat if you really like them. But for the most part, I'd say much better fluid options would be water and milk.
0: Now, Keelan, I'm going to end on the old 10 second recipe challenge. What can we do this evening that might be fun for us to enjoy to eat?
3: So a uh, recipe that takes less than five seconds to make is you could put a lollipop stick into uh, fruit yogurt and pop it in the freezer for a few hours. And then in a few hours' time, it'll be like um, a frozen yogurt ice pop, which is a nice treat to have in between um, your uh, in between your meals as a snack, and it's one of your dairy portions a day.
0: There you go. All the boxes tick. Thank you so much, Keelan Murphy. You can hear more of Keelan's advice and tips at the Virtual Health Fest event tomorrow, which has been organised by the National Dairy Council and takes place from 2 to 4pm. And we just have time to check in back with Nick Grease, our French teacher. Nick, a few questions I want to throw at you, if that's OK. Good question in. Is watching French films useful preparation for the oral?
2: Uh, In terms of uh, preparation, uh, I would say I would uh, set up a revision plan. Okay, so if you want to be ready before Christmas, uh, before sorry, before Easter, (laughs) before Easter, uh, I would say um, organize yourself um, about, uh, let's say, 20, 24 answers per week, you know, and then uh, learn them uh, uh, very well on a weekly basis so that you can gain that confidence, you know. You want to be ready about a a week or two before uh, the Easter break, and then um, uh, having gained that confidence mentally, you know, you will be strong, you know, and this is what you're really looking at you know feeling strong mentally well prepared a week or two before the exam
0: now i know lots of people find duolingo very helpful what's your own view on its use for students
2: uh one more time uh, the
0: duolingo you know when people listen online do you find those online apps helpful for people do you think they work when they're listening to them
2: generally speaking yes you know, uh, Annie's material is good globally to uh, improve uh, your 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 French. But when it comes to prepare for an exam, I would say focus, you know, focus on what, uh, um, on, on becoming good at what you do on the day of the exam. So focus on the frequently asked question. Uh, that uh, your teacher can give you or that your teacher can help you with. It, it's a bit like a job interview, you know. You, 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 they, they, you know the question they're going to ask so we can prepare answers in advance. So, yes, any uh, material, any French material is good, but you have to practice answering uh, the question they're going to ask when they of the exam. It's like if you want to be good at an exam, you have to do exam exercise. Uh, this works for any subject, you know.
0: This is very true and as Nick said earlier he has very kindly given us his notes and they're loaded up on our Study Hub website so if people want to go and get some great tips on how to prepare for the oral exams they're welcome there. Thank you so much Nick Grease there and that's our lot for this evening. My thanks to all our contributors and we'll be back here at 6.30pm on Thursday where we'll be discussing Gaelic Irish Paper 1. Now this show tonight will be available on podcast shortly as of all our previous episodes and if you want to get your questions, theories, opinions and comments into us on the Gaelic paper or indeed any other Leaving Cert topic you can email us at study studyhub at rte.ie